Welcome in to the November 3rd edition of the Daily Betting Podcast, PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We're recording right after an epic Monday night football uh, game between Tampa Bay Bucks and the New York Giants. Ben, I you can't you can't see me right now. We're doing this on Zoom call. No one, everyone can hear me. The prop king lives on. What an incredible weekend! It was capped off by Daniel Jones over one and a half passing touchdowns plus one seventy. Um, I told everyone that would listen it was my favorite prop of the day. He throws a touchdown early in the first quarter. I'm riding high. I'm searching super yachts in South Beach. And uh, thankfully, I did not push push purchase until the very end of the game. Very end. You waited until the right time. I mean, the backdoor cover oh on a prop feels, it's got to feel better than anything else at this point in time. So that the was the worst uh, part about it was that it wasn't as if it wasn't close. Like he should have had, he had so many opportunities. He blew, you know, multiple throws down the football field. He had Slayton wide open and said there was a pick. And then at the end of the game, Jason Garrett and Joe Judge insist on running the ball second and long. Right. And somehow, somehow they get a touchdown. They did not deserve it. Yeah, basically, I mean, that fourth and five conversion was just unbelievable as well. I mean, he basically, <laughs> Daniel Jones looked like he had no pro- pocket presence at certain point in time. He basically ran into Sue, who, ba- who was kind of like throwing him down. He throws up a prayer. You know, Darius Slayton makes a play. Actually gets past the first time marker to keep the drive alive. But that th- that pl- that whole drive, I think he had you know two or three really bad throws, one really lucky throw, and a couple decent ones as well towards the end of it. But I don't know. It just shows. I think in general, you know, obviously we understand this and kind of have been pushing it for a while now. But the whole idea of like the Buccaneers being a really good defense, just needing you know a stop basically to kind of get off the field, win this game, sort of thing. And you know, a Daniel Jones led Giants team without their star players. Barkley was still able to kind of drive down, score the touchdown, make it interesting on the two-point conversion. So just from that perspective, I think, you know, the whole back to relying specifically on a defense, building around a defense thing is like, you know, just another nail in the coffin for that sort of situation, I think, in general. Yeah, but- Jamel Dean, um, who has been our number two graded corner this year, got cooked a couple of times. Uh, but Daniel Jones was not able to, to take advantage of it. And that's kind of the instability of, of coverage that, uh, that we talk about. But that being said, I do get the sense there's a little bit of a trap game for the Bucs. They play the Saints on Sunday night. Um, and we'll talk about that game here in a second. They'll get Antonio Brown. They were massive favorites in this game. In fact, the Monday night countdown crew, all of them had the Bucks by a minimum of 15. <laughs> like none of them were even close. Like there were a couple 20-point blowouts. It's like no one thought that the Giants had a chance in hell. And the Bucks came out, and I felt the same way against Chicago. Brady is dealing, and they keep killing drives because they don't give him enough chances to throw. I don't understand why they run the ball. Do right. you? I it mean, makes no sense to 15 me. carries for the net. The- the nerd for that. Oh my God, I can't even say his name right now. Ronald Jones kind of had that early fumble, those sort of situations. But yeah, I don't know what, 
I don't know why they're not doing that. I mean, if they need to run it, I think they should just sneak the ball with Tom Brady on third and one, fourth and one. That should basically be the extent of their running game at this point in time. I mean, Fournette was decently involved um, in the passing game. I think he had six targets or something like that, but I don't know. I'm not a fan of them trying to basically grind out the football. I mean, they got a good defense. They got, you know, a plethora of weapons at the wide receiver position. Of course, you know, Chris Godwin's out, but, you know, Rob Gronkowski is looking, uh, you know, he's looking pretty spry at this point in the season. I know he needed a few games to kind of get rolling, warming up a little bit here at this point in time but uh this is a fun offense i think if they you know allow brady to you know sling the ball downfield which i think we actually all kind of expected bruce arians to make that happen you know in the preseason i don't think it's necessarily lived up to as much expectation as we kind of thought of at this point in time so from that perspective i would like to see them probably cut back on the rushing ability because i did you know basically let the giants kind of take control of the first half go in you know down eight they basically pushed the second half line. I think it was at minus 10. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, they weren't really even close to, you know, covering the 13 points spread at any point in time. So what you're saying is let Tom cook. Let Tom cook. I mean, let, let every decent you. to above average quarterback cook, I think is basically the extent of it. And if you don't have about an above average quarterback, go find one or you tank until you actually well, can get one. Basically. I would say this, especially if you don't have a good quarterback, let him cook. Do not <laughs> let him wait till third down to throw the ball. Please throw the ball on every single short and uh, on every single early down. Um, it's, is there a line for, we're going to jump into week nine. Um, I don't see a line up here for New Orleans Tampa Bay yet, but I'll be very interested to see that. I think it's minus um, four, I would say. I'd probably peg it at. I think I'm seeing some books kind of open it up at that. I think that might have been pregame. Um, that's that's also what I what Eric and I thought it would be. Uh, that was our guess as, as to what it would be, and I believe it was on the look at. I did see maybe a four and a half somewhere. Um but, but that seems I, to be the range. Yeah, I don't know if it'll necessarily adjust in the Bucks' favor after Monday Night Football. I don't really think we'll probably get too much of an adjustment in any direction. So I do think probably, you know, that three and a half to four and a half range, I do think is probably a safe um, prognosis yeah. for where this line actually ends up. I think you'll you'll maybe see a three and a half somewhere. I'd be curious what the over is going to be. I'd be curious what the weather is going to be. Um, let's start with this game then. If you are forced to take a side on this game, which one would you choose? Uh, I'm still leaning the Bucks. I've kind of been on the bandwagon a little bit all year. I would obviously love it if it got down to minus three. I think I would definitely be, you know, on a full send at that point in time. Three and a half is obviously a much different story, but I would still probably lean in that direction. But I think you, uh, you know, we're kind of leaning in this direction. I do see 54 and a half for a total, you know, sunny, clear skies on uh, Sunday night football. So I'm kind of leaning towards the over, I think, at this point in time. What do you think of that play? Yes, and and uh, I have a couple of reasons. Sunday night football paid... Uh, it's it's penance. It's sacrificed to the football gods. Said, look, we will take two NFC East teams, two um, doofuses trying to hump a doorknob, and we will put up with that. In return, give us Breeze Brady at their peak, what we deserve. And so I, I do like the over there. I have a hard time taking the Saints here. To, to cover, and, and here's the reason why. Um, I, I'm not letting this game, where Daniel Jones managed to keep it close, get in the way of what I I am just nervous about the New Orleans Saints' inability to to hit the big play. I mean, it's it's Alvin Kamara, and it's, it's really no one else. Like, Jared Cook, is that the guy that worries you? Um, 
and the Bucks have to win this game. Right. Um, you know, this game against the Giants, whatever, this game against the Saints, the Saints already have one win against them. So if they lose this game, all of their hard work throughout the season can basically go to not because they have no tiebreaker against um, the New Orleans Saints. So this is a massive game for the Bucks. Uh, and so for that reason, I would lean Bucks, but I think I like the over more. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, I think Michael Thomas, basically, I'm, I've am i probably thought this for the last two weeks. I do think that he's probably going to play. I don't know if that is going to have an effect on the line, but if it actually moves more towards the Saints in that situation, hmm. I do think it's definitely a buy-in opportunity for the Buccaneers at that point. So maybe if you're not really too comfortable laying the minus four, uh, maybe you can wait for a little bit more official news on Michael Thomas and you know maybe get just a slightly depressed line at that point. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, but I do think that Michael Thomas is going to play. So from that perspective, I do think that also helps the over just a little bit, actually giving you know Drew Brees you know one more option downfield instead of having to target Alvin Kamara 12, 13 times a game in the passing game. So. Uh, alrighty, let us move to, is there a line for this? Uh, Thursday night, Green Bay goes to San Francisco. It is going to be Nick Mullins, so I don't know why there would not be a line here. I do not see one on Bet Chris. Let me look somewhere else. Um, Nick Mullins, I thought this was interesting. Nick Mullins uh, in the fourth quarter was more... Uh, productive than just about every NFC East quarterback has been at least every uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback post stack has been in the entirety of their games which I thought was great I don't see a line for this do you see one anywhere? I mean I'm seeing I think three was kind of early in the week I'm not seeing like an official line I think that's kind of what you know like the generic odds pullers are basically pointing at this point in time so I would peg it probably plus three but i don't think that's actually where we're gonna get you know an opportunity to actually bet on it i do think we're probably gonna push out past four and a half i would say five at this point in time but i don't know i guess the real question is at what price would you be backing the 49ers in this situation what at what point would you be buying in or you know feeling comfortable back so here's my rationale and and try and talk me off this ledge because here's my thought the Green Bay Packers are the same team they were last year with one difference. Aaron Rodgers playing better. The 49ers offense, regardless of how Jimmy G played or who, what quarterback was back there, just destroyed this defense. Now, they have no Kittle. That's a huge loss. They have no Jimmy G, but, you know, whatever. They have Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Debo Samuel... I don't think is going to be back for this game. I, as much as I really want to take the Niners as a decently sized home dog against a team that they just destroyed last year, they are so banged up. They are so, so banged up. And I worry that their kind of game wrecking capability on defense no longer there that really gave Aaron Rodgers grief last year. So as much as I I think if it got to something like six, I would definitely take um, the Niners and I'm tempted at something like four and a half, five, but oh man, this is hard for me. Yeah, I gotta. I think I'm leaning the other way at this point. I think, I mean, I I think the George Kittle loss is much more significant, maybe probably even than you know Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Nick Mullins is a little bit yes, more plug and play 100%. situation at that point in time. So um, from that perspective, but I don't know. Aaron Rodgers kind of off the rebound loss sort of situation. You know, still thinks this is probably a pretty 
decent, you know, game in the NFC. I don't think San Francisco is actually going to be there at the end of the game, but for, you know, a pecking order sort of thing in the playoff picture, potentially this could have some impact on it. So from that perspective, I do think Green Bay is going to play quite well. Um, I know everyone likes Kyle Shannon. I know you like Kyle Shannon as well, but I think anything under a touchdown, I'd probably be laying with the pack on the road. Unfortunately, you're coming up on a short week. I don't know. That's just, that's just my lean at this point in time. I was back. I was on the Packers last week against the Vikings. They obviously really didn't show up at all whatsoever, but um, I'm kind of going to go back to the wall. I'm well on the Packers at this point in time. Yeah. The short week, um, you know, you you think about it favoring the better coach, and this is certainly Kyle Shanahan right. here. Um, sorry, Aaron, but it is Kyle Shanahan. So I, I don't know. It, it's a tricky one for me. If the, if George Kittle were playing, I'd feel so much better about it, but um, he is not. I really want to talk about Baltimore and Indianapolis. Can't find a freaking line for this either. Is that really because of Marlon Humphrey and getting the Rona? I understand why we can't get a lineup. Yeah, um, the Bucs have seen, been soft this year, I guess, with that sort of situation. So yeah, I've, I've seen, seen some three and a half. Yeah, three, three and a half. Obviously, that's a little bit different. Um, depending on what direction you kind of lean on it at that point. But yeah, I would say three. Which yeah, let's call I mean, it three. Yeah, what, what I, I don't do think you, it's going to end there at that point. But uh, what do you think about the Ravens as a three-point favorite after? A loss at home to the Steelers, now going to Indianapolis. Right. I mean, so I was on the Ravens last week. I'll admit it. Um, I was definitely back to them. I think you were basically on the other yep. side. You did like the Steelers. So you were no, definitely no, no. right. I was, I was you Ravens. Were on the, you were on the Ravens as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just, I've been like fading the, the Steelers. I think I'm at the point in the season where I'm fading teams that I think the market is overvalued. And I do yep. think the Steelers are definitely one of those teams. I think the Colts have basically been that team for me for the last like four weeks. It hasn't yes. necessarily worked out that well. So just from that perspective, I do think that I'm getting a little bit of an opportunity to potentially buy low on Baltimore, buy low on Lamar Jackson, even though um, he hasn't really given me anything this year to actually, you know, feel good about that situation. I think Baltimore is basically zero neutral EPA and passing attempts at this point mm-hmm. in time, at least with Lamar Jackson. The um, you know, throwing understanding which he has all year. So that's, yeah, basically where they're at. Um, you know, Indy, I think people are still really overvaluing this defense. I was going up against it in DFS here a little bit with the Detroit Lions. I was definitely backing that game stack. Obviously, that didn't really come into fruition, but I don't think that they're necessarily as good as they um, have been showing here at this point in time. So I'm definitely on the Ravens. Three, I do think, you know, basically that field goal or anything less than that is definitely a buying opportunity for, buying opportunity for the Ravens. Yes, I I have a multitude of reasons here. The first is that I thought the the Baltimore side was the right side. And I hate saying that. I hate being that dude that's like, oh, yeah, I lost this. The result was wrong, but the process was right. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people really hammer that home. And I, I get that that's annoying. But. The only, the, time the, the only time that situation actually happens, though, is when the process fails. You're, you're like, this right. result isn't what they actually wanted. You know, and they'll never look at it from the other perspective where it was like, oh, my process actually was wrong, but I got the good results. So. Exactly. Exactly. Like Daniel Jones tonight. Um, perfect process. Flawless process. Okay. Um, here, here's so the, the Steelers game was all about turnovers. Turnovers are fluky. In, in particular, the Pittsburgh Steelers play a defense that tries to put at least variance into play. And the Indianapolis Colts do not. They're the exact opposite. The Indianapolis Colts are not going to blitz Lamar Jackson. They're going to let him sit back. 
there and feel comfortable. And at this point in the season, he has 12 turnover-worthy plays. He had nine all of last season. That That's going to regress. That rate is ridiculously off, and um, it's going to come back to earth. Secondarily, the Indianapolis Colts have played by far the easiest schedule. Going into the week, they had faced an average opponent that was 1.2 points worse than the next easiest schedule. So uh, they're facing nobody. The Detroit Lions did not make that any better. Coming off a of bye, they beat the Lions. We liked that that game on Green Line. Um, so it was not all that surprising. Baltimore's defense is perfect. I, mean, I know Marlon Humphrey's not playing. Is perfect to face Phillip Rivers. If you are watching the Indianapolis Colts, you are not going to yourself, oh man, Phillip Rivers is born again. He is not. And this is the antithesis of what the Detroit Lions defense was, which is one that lacks any sort of bite, any whatsoever. They don't even deserve to put a D uh, in in Detroit for how bad their defense is. The Baltimore Ravens, exact opposite. They're gonna blitz the crap out of Phillip Rivers and they're gonna put him in, in some uncomfortable situations. I like the Ravens here. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across all the major sports for cash. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leaving the playing field, leveling the playing field, I should say, and making it easier to win than traditional fantasy sports apps. They can be, you know, kind of confusing. So download the No House Advantage app and check out all of the daily player prop contests without having to make a single deposit. That's kind of cool. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E, when you sign up and they will match your first deposit up to 20 bucks. But here's the best part. If your first if your first time deposit is at least $10, you're going to get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. So that's a $40 subscription for 10 bucks and you get to play at No House Advantage. Promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E, make it happen now at the No House Advantage app. Yeah, I definitely am boy with you at this point in time. I mean, I think Philip Rivers has been getting outsized production from his receiving core that has been more reflective of the bad teams that they've faced as opposed to him actually being good at this point in time. I think his like air yards converted into receiving yards stat basically is the same as Jared Goff. And I think, you know, obviously Frank Reich is a really good play caller, really good at putting Colts in decent situations, but I don't think that his receiving talent is anywhere near what the Rams are dealing with. And he's basically doing it with the same average depth of target as Jared Goff. So I don't know. I would be fading both those quarterbacks at this point in time. So I gotta Jared ask Goff, you though. Terrible. Jared Goff, terrible. I gotta ask you. I think I'm I'm very intrigued by this game. Raiders at Chargers, sitting at minus four for the Chargers. Are you buying into any one of these teams at this point in time? Yes, I am. I thought this should have been a pick. Um I don't understand how you look at these two teams and you distinguish them a whole lot. Uh, I get that everyone loves Justin Herbert, and I love Justin Herbert. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but you just don't have a very big sample on this guy. and He has continued to perform really, really well in unstable situations, third down, uh, deep passing, all these different things. Um, and the, the Las Vegas Raiders, this may surprise some people, have been a top five passing offense. They just have with John Gruden. That's what they do. So um, I don't – there is zero home field advantage for the, the Los Angeles Chargers in this situation. The Raiders are going from Vegas to Los Angeles to play in another empty dome. Like, I, I come on. 
So um, four is just simply too many. Justin Herbert should not be more than a field goal favorite against any real team. And, And the Raiders are a real team in this situation. Give me the Raiders getting the points. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I do like the Raiders. I do like the over, actually. I'm seeing that at 54 points. Um, Give it to me. Both teams, basically, you know, they kind of have, you know, some deep ball threats. Of course, Mike Williams for the Chargers. Henry Ruggs as well on the other side for Derek Carr. So I think from that perspective, we could see some big chunk plays. Like you said, Mm -hmm. dome, you know, no weather involvement whatsoever. These teams are going to be kind of, I think, you know, a little bit high flying auction. So I'm looking at that 54 over as well. That's, you know, basically the only thing that makes me just a little bit nervous is, you know, with these high scoring games, there is some variance aside, you mm-hmm. know, what's, what team basically is going to end up with the ball last and actually win. But I think from that perspective, if you are getting, you know, plus four, I do think the Raiders are definitely the correct side at this point. So let me give you a couple of, of overs that I like as well. Uh, and this one has moved a bit. Eric and I wrote it up uh, late, late or early, I should say, Monday morning. Uh, and that is Kansas City, Carolina. This is a 12-point uh, spread, at least last I checked. Kansas City favored. Um, total was, I, th- I want to say, 15 and a half, uh, at, at early in the morning. I think it's out to 52, 52 and a half. Um, but that being said, the Kansas City Chiefs, if you believe they're going to come out and, and jump all over the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers have the firepower to come back and like keep fighting in this game. They have three really good receivers. They get Christian McCaffrey back, so they have a fourth pretty good receiver. Teddy Bridgewater is accurate. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are a fine defense, but they're by no means the defense is going to shut anybody down, and no one's shutting uh, Patrick Mahomes down. The second one that I like, and I want your reaction to both of these here, is Chicago, Tennessee. Tennessee, a six-point favorite. Really have no idea what to make of Tennessee other than this. Their defense is an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. So if Nick Foles is ever going to get right, it's going to be against Tennessee. And at 46 and a half, I think is what I saw it earlier today, Tennessee is a team that I always want to have uh, an over ticket on because their offense is explosive. Uh, They should lean on the passing game. They leaned on the running game. It did not work against Cincinnati. And, um, yeah, take it out to a big lead. Chicago have to throw the ball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm with you just in general on overs being a play this week. I think from like a macro perspective, we've Mm -hmm. had, I think we sat basically here was like three or four weeks ago. I think it was right after week four, heading into week five, basically, you know, overs have been essentially cashing the whole time. And I was like, you know, there's going to be a certain point where there's probably a pullback here. There might be some adjustments with just, you know, referee decisions and stuff like that, that maybe influence some unders. And then, you know, we had a string of unders. We had some weather related stuff this week. I think that's kind of all flushed out again. I do think we're going to have some decent weather coming up here for this entire week uh, nine slate of games basically so from that perspective I am kind of leaning more towards the over I do really really like the Panthers Chiefs over at 51 I know it's up to 52 and a half now I know you guys got some great value already so I do think that's still probably a viable play at 52 and a half even Um, I don't really think you know 52 is somewhat of a significant number especially this year but it's not you know basically you know the most important number from a total's perspective. So from that perspective, I'm definitely buying into it. And yeah, I do. I do like the Titans offense in general. Um, I'm hoping it's a get right spot for Nick Foles, but in some ways Nick Foles is, you know, kind of right already. I mean, he took the saints to overtime. I don't necessarily know, you know, that was, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean at this I, point in time? So I found this interesting. I was looking at um, early down passing efficiency 
And the Tennessee Titans are like 0.42 expected points added per play. And the next closest team is like right at 0.3. That is a massive difference between the two. That's like the bigger than the gap between the second best team and the like 15th best team. Um, the Tennessee Titans just need to lean into that. They just need to throw the ball because what happens is they get these vanilla looks on early downs because teams are, you know, they're gearing up, stop they're gearing up, to stop the log. Yeah, and they're just, you know, they're playing some vanilla looks. Um, just take advantage of it. You got to just, you know, throw the ball. So um, I, I am interested uh, to. I, I like that the whole overreaction to the weather it's getting cold people are feeling sick for multiple reasons um i think there might be some some desire to take some unders let's do a quick fire round here back and forth uh give me a game uh that you like give me a game that i like so yeah. um i'm probably gonna go one more time on this dolphins cardinals four yes. and a half plus four and a half for dolphins i did like them last week against the rams i do think we're doubling down here uh, dolphins have the third highest pressure rate in the nfl you know they have two what I would consider quite quality cornerbacks. And I think we might see Tua, you know, maybe a little bit more unleashed in this game. Of course, they had quite a bit of turnover variance luck here last week against the Rams, but that's one that I like. I've been fanning the Cardinals all year. So that's one that I'm definitely grabbing early in the week at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that uh, quite a bit. Um, I have uh, one more total here, and that is, oh man, it's out to 54 now. So I'll switch this up. I'll I'll go Seahawks uh, minus two and a half. The Buffalo Bills, I just, I have not seen them do anything that gives me any confidence that they're a particularly good team. Uh, And getting less than a field goal, I will take the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks to me have just such a prolific offense. The Bills are certainly not stopping them. And Jamal Adams will be back. That'll help out a little bit. Carlos Dunlap will help out a little bit. and uh, I have no reason to believe that the Bills, who struggled against a Patriots team that got rocked by the Niners and were without Stephon Gilmore, um, I have no reason to believe that the Bills' offense is particularly potent right now. So give me the Seahawks minus two and a half. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I think I do like the over still, I think, at 54 yeah, as well. 54. I just think there's going to be a little bit of YOLO there going on. So uh, it should be fun. But Seahawks overs, Titans overs, Seahawks overs. It's just uh, why you got to pound at this point in time. I know. Yeah. And it's like just in general, I think, you know, we kind of understand where these teams are at. Basically eight weeks worth of data, seven weeks for some teams or whatever. But it's still a point where um, the market's probably overreacting to one week sort of performance. So there are some situations that are definitely valuable from a betting perspective that you can definitely take advantage of. So any others that you like? Uh, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's just really, there's some high quality games and there's some things yeah, that I just like, dogs. I don't even want to touch earlier in the week. I mean, I think Texans are kind of maybe, I don't know, intriguing yeah, a little bit. They're going trying up to get Will Fuller. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like, if they're trading Will Fuller, you know, you don't know how that's going to ha- affect the team later on in the week sort of thing. If they're jets in and off, basically they're one, you know, other playmaker on offense at this point in time. So I don't, I don't know, I guess. I don't know if they're going to trade them or not, but I don't mind them at six and a half, but I do think that's getting to be kind of an inflated number on the road when they're not even that good of a team as well. So that's one that I don't really feel great about, but there's not a lot jumping out at me at this point in time. I do think, like you said, some overs are definitely in play. There are a few spreads um, that are definitely going to be developing here, but uh, I think it's more going to be, you know, the derivative and prop king, I guess, come, come uh, up here on Sunday morning. Well, let so. me tell you <laughs> that I will be ready. I have been, I, 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 I mean, 
putting kids through college. We're feeding families this Thanksgiving. It, it was a glorious week. I, 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 think, I think the only one that um, that was a, a miss was Claypool uh, receptions, but right. um, just a glorious week overall on the props tool at PFF. Dot com and then you can also of course we'll talk more about these games as we go on throughout the week uh pff forecast on wednesday evening we'll have um the daily betting podcast throughout the week and then of course on sunday morning take advantage of any of those so it'll be fun i want to get we're going to do our prize picks here in just a second but i don't talk get to talk to you a ton about college i want to get your take on clemson minus five and a half at Notre Dame, DJ Yule Yungale or something like that. Right. I don't know how the hell you say his last name. All I know is this guy is an absolute stud. I am going to venture out. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say he's like the fourth best quarterback in the nation. <laughs> Which probably isn't, you know, it's not that bold at this point in time. No. Of course, Clemson can basically run, you know, whoever they want to on at this point in time. But I, I don't know. I mean, I Notre Dame basically has this game almost every year. Ian Book, you know, a little bit of question mark here. I don't think Clemson necessarily has looked good the last two weeks um, at all. Basically, they haven't covered or come even close to covering at this point in time. We did have Boston College as, you know, basically the play of the week last week at 31. Of course, that moved down after Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was announced out. I'm going to lean towards Notre Dame here. I have okay. to five and a half. Um, I think it's going to be close. It'll probably be within a field goal. I could see Clemson still winning at this point in time, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him. So okay. we'll see. Well, we are we are diametrically opposed here. I see Ian Book as a complete fraud. He has the Failure. 61st, the 61st best pass rating from a clean pocket. That is trash. Absolutely heinous. I can't believe that that is the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He's bad. Um, He's and, been there for uh, like four years at this uh, point, uh, too. Forever. So it's just for absolutely yeah, no. ever. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing Notre Dame being in the same class as Clemson. I just think they're so overrated. So right. uh, I, will, I will say this. I have a sizable I have like six down. units. I have like six units on Clemson right now, and I. Now you're uh, making me sweat a little bit more. Well, I, no, that should probably make you feel good. To be perfectly honest, um, because uh, props are the only thing I do well. Uh, all right, let's get into prize picks here. We'll talk about the Thursday game. Uh, so that'll be Nick Mullins and the 49ers against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm going to go with two um, overs here. I'm going to go with Nick Mullins over 17 and a half and Ross Dwelly over eight. eight. Why? Because why not? In Kyle seven. Shanahan, I trust they're going to have to throw the ball because they're going to be behind. Yeah, I mean, I do like the Ross Dwelly play. I'm you know, eight points basically. He's basically just got to get a touchdown catch. He's going to get in the end zone potentially. Maybe even in garbage time. Nick Mullins, I don't know if I feel great about it. I faded Devonta Adams last week. I actually think, you know, going back to the whole, oh, the process thing or whatever, but he had three, you know, touchdowns mm -hmm. basically on or near the goal line sort of thing. Other than that, he didn't really do a whole lot. So, um, I don't know. I think, I do actually like Devonta Adams over 20 at this point in time. I think he was at 24 and a half last week. So I think you're getting some value on him kind of backing off. I think he could have a little bit bigger of a game. Um, you know, Mar Marquez fell to scantily in 
projection point, I don't think he's necessarily going to be involved. So I'd probably take his under at this point in time. Those are the two I'm kind of leaning on. I do think Aaron Rodgers has another quality game. So over 22 fantasy points, I definitely think is in play for him as well. So we'll cool, see. Yo. All right. Well, this was always a blast. Um, I guess we'll be uh, we'll be chatting about this Clemson Notre Dame game as we get later in the week. I'm I'm curious to see where that line moves. Benjamin, always a pleasure, brother. Yeah.